Good after well evening at this point, everybody. This is Corey Rosen with the Story Podcast. Today I have on a super awesome guest, Mr. Ron Kane. Ron Kane is a comedian from Harrisburg, PA. Ron works up and down the East Coast and the Midwest. He has worked with Vic DiPetetto and Mark Norman. He has he is also the co-host of the DNR podcast. Ron also produces shows throughout the region and out of state. You can follow him on his website uh, via Linktree, which is Ron Kane Comedy. That is Kane, that is C-A-I-N-E, comedy. And Ron, just R-O-N. And you can find him on Facebook, comedian Ron Kane. You can find him on Instagram, Ron Kane Comedy as well. Mr. Ron Kane, how are you doing today? Good, Corey. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, man. So what inspired you to do comedy? Uh, I've always kind of, I've always loved comedy and, uh, so (laughs) I've always loved comedy, but I never decided to take the leap to do it. Uh, I always kind of thought about it, uh, early on, uh, I was in, uh, you know, bands, so I did that, but, uh, you know, I, I was married and uh, I had kids, so that kind of derailed things for a little bit, maybe. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, like I said, I've always kind of thought about it. I've been naturally funny. <laughs> I can say that. Hey, my <laughs> wife's here. <laughs> you can back me up, but maybe that doesn't count. I don't know. But no, I, I've always uh, I've always been naturally funny, and uh, I, I do have a dark sense of humor. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so just uh, about five years ago, I actually decided to jump on stage and, like, you know, throw everything at it. And uh, so that's where I've been. And so some of it stuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so what is it like to uh, create content as a comedian? As in just just creating it just... Just, like, jokes? In general? uh, Yeah. Oh, just in general, uh, well, every every person is different. Every every comic is different. They have a different process. Uh, so I know some guys can actually they'll just sit down at a computer and mm-hmm. write and write, and you know, good for them. I, I'm not I'm not one of those guys. Sometimes I wish I could be, where I could just say, I'm going to do this right mm-hmm. now, but uh, no. Creating content for me is just kind of living in the moment. Uh, the content that I write uh, is how is something odd I might see in the world that just on a uh, just a normal day. Uh, sometimes that this is hard to believe. Sometimes I just have jokes pop into my head. And I don't know how it happens. Normally, they're the 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 dirtiest ones, right? <laughs> the dirtiest or even the sickest ones. But for some reason, it'll pop in my head like a song lyric. Yeah, it's great. I I find myself to be a very witty person as well. And oftentimes, when someone says something, it just twists in my mind, and I'm like. I could say something that'd be really funny, but not appropriate at all. <laughs> yeah, and that's uh, that's the tricky part. It's like living a, a dual life, but you know, I do have a job too, and right. you just can't go around like working material on everybody. Right. 
So how do you work out material? Uh, kind of on everybody. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, my my wife, she's normally the first to hear everything. How does she take your comedy? Uh, <laughs> better, better. <laughs> she take it, it's better now. Uh, no, it was a slight grain of salt. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, honestly, I give her a lot of credit because, especially, especially first starting out and as a comic, and depending on the type of material you're doing, like I, I, in my hearts of hearts, I'm a dirty comic. So <laughs> that means normally that means the writing process might be a little harder, just because it's it's hard. It's harder to get people to laugh at a darker joke, mm. but once you can get them to laugh at it, it's beautiful because it's just like, really, we shouldn't be laughing at this, right? But you should because the whole absurdity of it, anyway. Right, uh, dark humor is based off the absurd absurdity of the problem. Yeah, um, that it's that it's highlighting as as in regards to laughing at the actual people dealing with that problem or the problem that itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would agree with that. But definitely, first starting out, uh, uh, you know, I would write dark jokes. <laughs> very, uh, I still do write dark jokes, but uh, I'd still write in dark and uh, maybe what some people would call uh, abrasive, mm. <laughs> abrasive. And uh, I think what's helped me is there are some people that would just write for shock value, but uh, even when I first started. Uh, writing it wasn't about shock it's just that's kind of how i see the world and maybe the way i said things at a certain time was uh too blunt is is probably a good word but um that's that's part of the complexity of it but uh i feel like i'm going off on like too many tangents now oh that's okay but uh but from a writing perspective, yeah, I, you know, she, uh, Laura, hears everything uh, from from day one, and she'll tell me like, you know, she'll tell me whether or not she likes it or not, and even some, even the jokes that are really screwed up and really dark, she gets it that it's maybe not for her. Mm-hmm. But she will acknowledge that it is funny to me, or or you would just tell me like, uh, maybe you're not quite there with it yet. So how do you know when you're? Because uh, I assume you don't just write off jokes and they're automatically successful. How does one develop a joke and really turn it from? Uh, or tell me what a joke is and how do you get those two parts? Uh, yeah. What what a joke is. Uh, a joke comes, I think, uh, from my perspective, a joke comes in many forms. Uh, I think every comic will tell you, so, so you might, it doesn't happen all the time, but you do sometimes fall into a joke somehow and it just works from day one. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's unbelievable. It's just maybe that thought, that weird thought that you had, or that weird premise, and you decided to take it to the stage that night, and you did it, and it worked in front of strangers, <laughs> so now it validates you, mm-hmm. and that that's a great feeling 
to have that. And so maybe you got something. But then again, you could go up night two, do the same joke, and it falls completely flat. But then, depending on, you, you do got to take into account who is in the room. Like if it's all, you know, all comics, so, because comics can, as comics, we can be uh, uh, like, we get like, oh, we're not going to laugh at this. <laughs> yeah, there's, sometimes it does feel like that. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a weird comic thing. We just, <laughs> we just do that. But you, you know, you want to say, we're not just going to laugh at anything. If you're really going to make us laugh, it's got to be funny. Gotcha. So no pity laughs. No no pity laughs. Yeah. No, the pity laughs you can tell when they come. And But, uh, like, the genuine laughs, uh, you got to learn what that is. But, yeah. So even going back to, the, you know, where this the joke starts. So, yeah, maybe you have one. You hit it right out of the gate. But sometimes you do have to work it. Like maybe you're halfway there on the premise and maybe your wording is just horrible for mm. it because it's like too twisted and things like that. Because in my head, in my head, uh, uh, my head's always racing with thoughts. And uh, so my uh, my brain <laughs> will definitely get ahead of my mouth. And that's what, you know, I, I stutter and, and things right. like that from time to time and say things uh, wrong on stage, just like pronounce words <laughs> like weirdly because I'm tongue tied as well. Oh. Yeah, so that's you know I got a little bit of a lisp, and you know I can't stick my tongue out very like. That's it. Oh wow! Yep, and that's all you're gonna get. See, you get someone on here that has won a Grammy, and then you bring <laughs> the level back down to someone like me that's gonna show their tongue. <laughs> you're welcome, Corey. You're welcome. No worries, man. <laughs> Well, I mean, it it's, you know, people got to start somewhere, and you know, what's it like to be tongue tied? I mean, that I mean that has to have so many. I stutter as well. Clearly, I'm I think way faster than my mouth could ever move. Yeah. Um, and if you've ever watched the show, you can see me bumbling over words all the time. But how how do you get past that as a comic? Because that's that's some place where it matters that you have to be in some in some respects. It matters you have to tell the joke right to have it land correctly to have it deliver that punch uh uh i think for me it uh you know it's it was something i was always conscious about especially you know starting you know getting into comedy because uh, you know i would have to you know i'd have to think about that because i was I didn't want to get up there and you know like <laughs> be fumbling my words and mm-hmm. things like that so I think I worked a, a little too hard to make sure that I was saying things correctly. And so from from that standpoint, uh, I feel it slowed down uh, like my performance uh, performance development on stage. Like, because there's a lot... It's frustrating for me because the way I speak and, you know, if you've had speech issues as well, you understand, you know, you, you would get it. Mm-hmm is that, you know, in our heads sometimes 
like you can say it perfectly right you can say it perfectly and you're like oh why can't i do that like to another person or on stage and so uh yeah so that so uh you know I, i was i had that going on but uh you know i i worked really hard you know you know for writing and things like that and so it's just of as late I decided <laughs> I I don't I just said you know what am I doing why do you know why does it matter if I speak ho- horribly <laughs> like this I mean what does it matter uh because uh <laughs> where you know I'm from Pennsylvania well I was born in Baltimore but I'm from Pennsylvania and so you can hear in my terrible voice, everybody, that uh, my uh, my cadence and my, and my tone is like a weird, uh, you know, a little bit a Marylander. <laughs> yeah, d- definitely. I can hear it. Being from Salisbury, Maryland, I can hear it. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I can do a little bit of the, the, the oh, oh, oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, got a, I got a little bit of that going on. It, it's like a very weird mixture of just like you know white trailer trash <laughs> mixed with because you know I grew up in a trailer but uh I don't live in a trailer anymore take that Laura <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry I just had to do that but no so so speech has always been something I've been you know cognitive of but like I said as of late I've decided like I'm gonna have cut time to cut ties with that and there's there's the other aspect of, I don't know if you've heard of this comedian, but he was on a America's Got Talent, but there was one comedian that really had like the speech stuttering impediment, but he used that to his best advantage ever. And to the point where it was like, I was dying laughing because even though he was stuttering, it, the jokes he was telling uh, used the stutter effectively to like his natural stutter yeah, to really land the joke. Yeah. So, I mean, you can probably like, and that's a lot of things comics do begin to begin with they use a lot of their weaknesses to tell really good jokes it's a lot of uh, self-deprecation oh yeah for sure and uh but even when it comes to you know you either you can be uh, you know i'm self-deprecating to a point uh some people are even more so oh, yeah. you know they're really good at just tearing themselves down because like conan is like top tier self-deprecation i think yeah so you know, when it comes to me, I think maybe it's probably, it's just like an insecurity. You know, you have it all your life and, you know, it's something you, you think about from time to time. And, you know, depending, you know, whatever's happened to you in your life, it just might just make you very self-conscious. So, And so this is kind of going to the question of how does your life affect your comedy versus maybe how your comedy affects your life. Oh, uh, I, I, I don't know. I almost feel like they're kind of intertwined at this point. <laughs> uh, she, uh, Laura's kind of nodding. Uh, no, I do. I kind of feel that, like it's almost intertwined <laughs> for me. I just, I, I really like it a lot. I really, it's, 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 it's something that works for me because, you know, I spend a lot of time in my head and, mm-hmm. and, uh, <laughs> You know, I try. I'm I'm pretty much writing every day, 
and or you know doing something you know creating you know sometimes terrible uh tiktok videos yeah if you're interested in seeing some very weird and kind of crazy tiktoks you can check me out there uh ron king comedy and uh it's a little bit insanity i'm like i'm i think i'm thinking i'm I'm finally getting finding uh on my niche mm. out of it uh that that's what i like to do as a comic and and like talk about life and intertwined and you know, i, I kind of like to dig <laughs> dig into things and it's like uh where does the joke come from then uh, jokes can come from anywhere it's so every anywhere and anything yeah it could just be something you see out on the street uh the one day or it could just be yeah or just a thought you're at, you have in your head or some weird observance that you just kind of picked up on and and like i said sometimes they just pop into your head i know that's i'm not the only one it just it just pops into your head right so how do you collect all of these jokes and then create a performance out of them? Because a performance enca- encapsulates multiple jokes. Yeah. How do you create that performance from beginning to end? What does a normal performance look like for a comedian, or at least for you? And uh, how do you coalesce all of your jokes to make a, a flow throughout your performance? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that uh, that last word you said there is the uh, the the most critical i think for especially for comedy to me is flow mm-hmm. i think flow is very important uh i personally i don't like listening to uh stand up clips out of order and out of context like those radio comedy channels it, it's it's nice that you can listen to that but it almost drives me crazy like laugh factory or yeah, where they're yeah. just playing stand-up clips because uh, it, it's just how I am, and it's just uh, especially if you hear, you know, you want to hear, you know, kind of how the comic maybe got to that point. Mm. For me, it's, it's I I want to see how their set actually flows flows because everybody's set does have a flow, no matter yes. whether it's kind of smooth. <laughs> Or so very pre-planned or not, <laughs> yeah. Or very bumpy. There is a uh, a flow, and I, I I think that is a part of comedy that you have to find is when you have all these different jokes. You know, especially over time, you learn like, oh wait, maybe this would kind of fit together with this joke, and uh, it's a weird puzzle sometimes like how you can build a joke because you maybe i've had jokes where i start uh, i would start here then maybe two years later something happens i'm like wait a minute now i can use it with this like little line that i had Hmm. and cut and that's weird when it happens but it's almost seems like it's the universe sometimes (laughs) saying hey this is the way it should be and you're like oh all right (laughs) It's it's interesting when I watch a comedy show, they'll uh, often create recurring jokes. They'll make one joke in the beginning, but then it'll start building and building and building. Like Dave Chappelle is a really good example of of one of at least one of his recent specials he did. He made a, a really good joke in the beginning, 
it just kept building and building and building and at the end of it he he recapitulated on that beginning joke and it just kills yeah um and i'm sure that's by the um well obviously it's by design but for him at least yeah but i wonder <laughs> if if how he got there was by uh just that little you know pop in the mind oh i could relate just back to this joke yeah or, it- yeah, it could be. I don't know his process or, you know, what it entails. But, yeah, it, it could be. It's because everyone writes differently. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of comics, we 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 have a bunch of notebooks. We always ke- we keep our old notebooks because sometimes you, you'll, uh, you'll get to a point and maybe uh, you're like, well, I don't really kind of like the path that I'm on and – let me go back and look to see if, if something I was maybe writing a year ago I couldn't get started seems inter- more interesting to me at this point. Yeah, so yeah, because I'm sure if you look back far enough, you'll find something to make fun about. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, normally, like writing wise, it's not too bad to look at. Uh, going back, what's can be rough to look at is. Going back to look at old performances, mm. especially stuff that you had that you thought in your mind was good, you're like, yeah, this, you know, at the time you thought it was good, but then it doesn't age so well sometimes. Yeah, that, that's uh, memories on Facebook. They sometimes hit very, very hard because it's like, why the world did I do that? Oh, oh my, yes, yeah. There, that's what like every old stamp. What old stand-up set that you go back to listen to? It's like a, uh, you know, five minutes of regret. <laughs> sometimes, yeah. Uh, I mean, sometimes it's, uh, yeah. It's especially, uh, you know, I, I've only been doing it, you know, like five years soon. Uh, so you know, it's not like I've been doing it for thirty years or anything mm-hmm. like that. But you know, uh. You know, every comic when they start out is bad. <laughs> bad. I mean, there's some tangibles with each one, but we're all we're all terrible in the beginning. It's just like any other skill. It's just practice and rinse and repeat. Yeah, and then when you go back and hear sets, even like even six months, sometimes it's like, ugh, I was doing that six months ago. Right. Thought. So yeah, it's it's. It's a fascinating journey. So how does one establish oneself as a comedian? What, Where do you have to go? Who do you have to contact? So, so on. Oh, uh, yeah. What, uh, you know, what do you have to sign your life away for? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, if, if you have a scene in your area, even a little bit of a scene, you can try, uh, you know, finding an open mic is normally the, the first step. And that's, you know, some people start with music mics or what we call mix mics where they'll let you do music or comedy and poetry sometimes. Mm-hmm. So you start that path, uh, start going to open mics. And really, once you start going to open mics, uh, you start meeting other comics. And it's like a, it's like a little sewing circle, you know, everyone talks. And you start talking to other comics and you're like, Hey, uh, you know, where's the next open mic? Or they'll say, Hey, this comic runs an open mic on this night, this comic, or then you just start meeting that way. And, uh, you know, 
hopefully you can go to Mike's every week and uh, you got to write and <laughs> rewrite and <laughs> rewrite and rewrite and just keep practicing. And for you, that's been, uh, I assume, rather successful because you run your own open mic for comedy, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> varying degrees. Let's let's not get crazy when Corey <laughs> says successful. Let's not get crazy. Let's be gentle with that word today. Uh, uh, no, I do. I currently I produce two open mics. I have a open mic on Harrisburg, uh, in Harrisburg on Monday nights called the Mr. Tongue Open Mic at HMAC. Uh, I've been running that mic now for... That mic is a little over two years old right now since I, I've been running it. And uh, it's been pretty fun. And it started out like any open mic where you only would get maybe five comics coming out. and But we, the good thing about HMAC, there's normally been a, an audience from the beginning... Mm-hmm. Even those first early on mics, we would normally have an audience of five to ten people, and uh, then just over time it grew, and now typically there's seventeen comics that come in, come through there on a Monday night. Oh wow! Yeah, it's a pretty busy mic. It's uh, I'm a stickler on how I run my mics. I run my mics uh, you know, like shows. I run them very tight. I run them on time because uh. You know, then people will stick around for him because there's 17 comics, but that mic will run 90, 95 minutes at the most. Mm-hmm. And that's good. It's how it should be. It's not a, it doesn't feel like a punishment being there. <laughs> I mean, some nights always do feel like a punishment to a comic, but, uh, you know, for people that come out. And we normally get a, a pretty decent audience every week. Sometimes, you know, we're getting 20, 30 people sometimes. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it, it's been great. And it's like any open mic. I mean, we have, we have mic, uh, weeks where you right. don't, you don't get a lot of people, well, except for the comics. And summer is always a tricky time for comedy. Really? Yeah. Why is that? Well, because you're competing against some better weather, especially. Oh, that's fair. In, yeah. in the Northeast, because you know now people can get out, especially after the, you know everything with the pandemic and stuff. Uh, people just want to be outside. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. And there's so, so so many summer events that you're also probably competing with. Yeah. That makes yeah. a lot of sense, actually. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, but it, it's the. Uh, yeah, it's the entertainment entertainment business, right? So it's it's always kind of sketchy like that. So how much time does a normal comic, or how much time does a comic get? I guess because you run it strictly, how much time does a comic get for their set? Uh, each comic gets five minutes. Five minutes—that's a lot to cram in in five minutes. Yes. To make an impact. Yeah, it in the beginning five minutes when you first start in the beginning, and they tell you you're gonna do five minutes. So it. It seems like a mountain. It's a mountain to climb. You're like, oh my God, how am I going to fill five minutes? Oh, really? Yeah, because uh, especially if you can't, if you're not good at getting in front of people in the first place, that's that's something that you're going to have to overcome. Right. And so, you know, some people get, you know, a little stage, a little stage right. fright, and, you know, they, they're forgetful a lot because you got a lot going on. It's it's 
Yes. It, it's to be expected, and it, it, you know, it happens to everybody. But I, I've seen people come to uh, do mics, and they get up on stage, and then they completely freeze. And they don't say anything, and it's silence. And you feel bad for me because you tell me, like, you can't get off the stage, but they'll stay there. And when that happens to somebody, that's five minutes. It's it's like an hour. Oh, it no. feels like an hour in real time. It is. Yeah, it's like when it goes to his talent shows and, and they just stop and it's like, oh, no. Yeah, and so much, so much tension is building in the room because everyone's like, are you, what's happening here? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so, but, you know, that can happen to anybody. So, yeah, people start with five minutes, and five minutes is normal for a mic. Really? Yeah. I thought, I, I would think that that would be short. No, uh, no on, like, uh, there, there's, uh, uh, when a mic is very busy and you have a lot of comics, right. you got to cut down time because you, you can't have everyone there all night. Right, of course. Yeah, because it, it, it would just be a, a long, long night. So you run, you run two shows. You run the one at HMAC and the other one? Uh, the mic on Monday is HMAC. Then Tuesday, I do another mic at the uh, kennel at the West York Inn. Okay. Yeah, that's, I know it's a strange name for a, a venue, but... Uh, it's a cool little venue if you've never been there. I know a lot of people know the West York Inn that is from this area, and it's always been like a small little, uh, like little divey bar. Mm. But uh, over the pandemic, they decided, hey, we want to do something with this room in the back besides just have pool tables. So they got rid of all their pool tables and, uh, they got a, they put a nice stage in there. It's a nice little venue. School. Where is that at? Is it in York or? Yeah, like... right in uh, West York. Right okay. in West York. Oh, so West York is a place. Yeah, right on. <laughs> yeah, I did. I, I'm not. I'm not originally from here, so I'm, I wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah, that's a very local <laughs> reference. But uh, yeah, so that's that's a cool little venue now. It's uh, the lighting in there is great. The stage is uh, awesome, and it's great to see a band in there. Now it's it's beautiful. Yeah, let's go check that out. Yeah. What, what is that? Uh, what night are those? That's uh, Monday is Harrisburg and Tuesday, Tuesday. is York. But you know, you can find me on all the socials at ronkingcomedy.com. You like that, didn't you? <laughs> that was a good plug. That was a good one. Yeah, look at that. Plugging. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, you also do other stuff besides the comedy. You have a podcast going on. Yeah. Speak about plugs. Yes. <laughs> yeah, let me tell you about something else. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, every comic has uh, a podcast, so it's... Oh, really? Is that like a normal thing? Yeah. I think, actually, every doesn't everyone have a podcast? I mean, comic and non-comic now. It seems like oh. everyone's got a podcast about something. That's fair, actually. Yeah, it's, you know, whether it's... it's... I'm an influencer. <laughs> yeah, oh, we're going to talk about Stranger Things, or this is a, a podcast about euphoria. This is the story podcast, by <laughs> yeah. the way, if you want to follow us. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It's crazy how much uh, content is being created by everybody, every single day. And under the radar, by the 
that goes under the radar completely that um it's granted there's a lot of stuff that's maybe not so quality yeah but there's a lot of it's the internet has given us so much room to make a good quality content that would never ever be featured on the tonight show or whatever else that anybody else watches yeah would never ever have happened yeah unless that this technology this this, uh, you know, you can buy a microphone for not that expense. It's not that expensive. Yeah. If you have a phone, you can run a podcast. Yep. It's incredible the amount of technology we have at our, at our fingertips. But speaking about podcasts, what is yours? Yours is called the D. D as in dog, N as in nature, <laughs> yeah. R as in redneck. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, the DNR podcast. Uh, you know, some people say it, it, it's uh. I do it with another comic by the name of Damian Robinson. He's my co-host. and Also so, super funny. Yeah. And so, you know, people thought it's like, uh, you know, is it Damian and Ron? No, we, for us, it's just do not resuscitate. That was, oh, okay. Gotcha. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we've been doing that now for about two years. Yeah, two years now. What's that about? Uh, it's just, it's our normal every day. It's, <laughs> Our podcast journey has been very interesting so far. Uh, well, we just recorded uh, our 101 episode this past There's week. Dinosaurs, something about that, right? Yes, yeah. The selfish dinosaur. The selfish dinosaur, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, our podcast uh, went started out as, you know, I guess maybe topical, as you wouldn't even say. Like, we, you know... Uh, We'd just start out with regular topics. Actually, I'll get, I'll go back even further than that. Okay, <laughs> we'll get into the the origin story of this podcast. What everyone's asking, you know what? This is what's going to happen, Corey. I'm going to tell you the origin story of this podcast. Then we're going to start a side podcast talking about the origins of the DNR podcast. <laughs> Synergy at its best. <laughs> See, I'm thinking, man. I'm thinking. No, the 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 uh, the origins of that is, uh, it was you know I think it was pandemic time. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, during that time, yeah, because it would have been August of 2000 we started, and uh, you know I'd known uh you know I'd known Dame uh, here and there, and you know talking to him, you know I would. You know, we weren't friends. We were definitely accomplice. You know, accomplices, <laughs> partners in crime. What do you call it? Yeah, yeah. colleagues. No, co- yeah, yeah, colleagues from doing comedy, and you know, we got along and things like that. And you know, I was thinking because at that point I was a couple of years in, and I was like, you know, I want to start. I guess I said, I guess I'll start a podcast too. <laughs> and uh, I thought about doing one that would be just me, but then I was like, nah, I don't want to do that. Then it's hard to run a podcast by yourself, like to carry it by yourself. Yeah. And just, yeah, just to sit there and talk. And I, then I thought about it too. It's like, you know what? I don't even really like, uh, I like I like conversation between people, right? Not just uh, like a one sided all the time. It's besides the monologue, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, you know, if you're if you're looking for like Bill Burr's got a podcast, you know, that's that's all it's all him, and he just kind of rants for forty five minutes to an hour. 
But that, I mean, that's Bill Burr. And yeah, so, right. He could do that. He could, like, legitimately do that without a problem and have some really good stuff. Yeah, and sometimes, you know, it's just about sports because he's a big sports fan, so he just talks about that, too. But, yeah, to the so I was looking, I, I was looking around for, you know, for another comic to kind of team up with, and, uh, you know, I just thought Dean would be... Uh, uh, you know, good to work with, and you know, started talking to him, and we had like calls before the podcast, before the podcast, to see like if we meshed well, and like see, seeing uh, what type of stuff that we had in common. It was weird. It was like a uh, interviews. It's so like even for this podcast, uh, having to call you up and be like, okay, what 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 do you want to talk about? <laughs> yeah. So. Um, yeah, and you have to do that. You got to find out yeah. if there is at least uh, some connection. Yeah, either a connection, and you know, for you, you know, doing a pre-interview, you know, that makes sense. But like for you know, Dame and me, we're gonna do a podcast where we're just gonna talk, and so mm-hmm. we and we really don't know too much about each other. So it kind of became a crash course. Uh, yeah, see right there, crash course in. Uh, <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> I'm <laughs> giving everybody what they would crash course. And, uh, yeah, but it was, it was a, you know, oh, we're going to try and be friends or whatever we're going to do with this. And, uh, so that's kind of where we've been uh, with everything. And, uh, you know, Damien will, t- <laughs> will tell you, uh, how much I get on him about promoting the podcast and things like that. Uh, it's always uh, something going on with that. Well, I mean, it. I mean, that's the that's how you get reached is by promoting the podcast. You're not going to get nowhere if no one knows about it. Um, yeah. And that was one thing I was really glad you did really well in the promotion of of this episode, at least. Yeah. All constantly yeah. sharing it. I'm like, I'm trying to convince people to listen. If you want people to listen to it, oh my! <laughs> I mean, from. From all the all the shows that I produce, <laughs> that I, I'm producing, and uh, you know, sometimes I just feel like a promotional machine. <laughs> sometimes it's like, all right, I I have to do this uh, to keep going, you know, to keep things going, and you have to because you want people to come out come out to the shows. <laughs> right, exactly, and it's. And if you don't do it, no one else is. Yeah, yeah. So it's you know, it's yeah, it's boots to the ground, and you got to do it. And you know, podcasting is the same way. As, except I think podcasting is a bigger mountain for everybody because there's so many, and and, and there's only so many, so much time within the day. Exactly. That you know, that's a very good point. You know the. I'm not sure if you know this, but I, the only reason I know this is because I needed it for a joke or something. No, I didn't need it for a joke. I needed it. Uh, I was doing some uh, research for the the Take Ten show. Mm. But uh, when we were talking about music, and I was uh, when I was interviewing, uh, oh, I can't remember. Uh, spoken music. That's right. Yes. When I was interviewing spoken music, uh, one of the things I asked them was about the stat of there's 10,000 songs that are released every single day. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
as an artist, I mean, how, how do you even compete? It is crazy how you have to compete. And even for anyone to get noticed. Right. You can't listen to 10,000 songs in one day. No. If, if you try, no matter how hard you tried, you could not do it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I and I think people get, everyone gets uh, delusional sometimes or thinks anything's possible. And, well. <laughs> On some level it is. Yeah. But... I mean, I don't, <laughs> that sounds terrible. I don't want you to think anything's possible. I mean, come on. <laughs> no, but. In the terms of like where I think we're as humans, we, you know, we want to get, you know, you want to do your best, obviously. You want to get somewhere. Yeah. And I think when someone like Joe Rogan does really well and he's making that money, much money off of a podcast, you know, everyone gets excited because, you know, it does. It helps put fire in you to say, all right, maybe. Maybe I can do that. Yeah. But they're, you know, that's that's a tough mountain to go. Right, because one, you're not Joe Rogan. Yeah, <laughs> that's the first big problem we got. And two, you're just starting now. Yeah, yeah, and and he's got, you know, he's Joe's got thirty years on you already. Exactly. Yeah. And so you know, he he's the that point for a reason. It didn't happen overnight. No. And, but yeah, that's the biggest thing though is like how. Especially when I listen to podcasts, is like there. There's only so much time. <laughs> are we are we listening to podcasts our life away? Are right. we are we viewing our life away? It's and at some point you gotta because I I know that I'm not gonna reach a lot, but this is a passion project for me anyway. Yeah. So it, I'm learning way much more by doing it than I would from uh from anything else. And so I don't expect people to listen to the whole two, maybe hour and a half or two hours. But if somebody can get something from it, that's that's all that matters to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. And the cool thing, though, is about podcasting is that, you know, no matter who you are, you can, uh, you can always at least find a, a niche audience. Oh, yeah, for sure. Even if it's only, you know, 30 people in your neighborhood. That's 30 that's, people. <laughs> that's 30 people that, you know, you would have not impacted. Yeah. And it's strange it's strange to think now that those people have a connection kind of all to each other in a way cuz they're at least they're all brought together by that podcast and at least like that and probably like the inside jokes on it and things. So and you know, it's all about making uh like your core fan base. Yeah. There, there's going to be people that are going to watch, you know, only this episode because only Ron Kane is on it. And that, yeah. and that's the only reason why they're, they're here. But if you make fans of you as a person, as me, as a person, people are going to come, keep coming back for me as the person rather than the people I bring on. Yeah. So, it, and it doesn't, so if you have that core group of people that really just love and care about your project, they're gonna share it. They're gonna they're gonna support you, and that's where you really build. Yeah. So it it doesn't and I, so many people get so discouraged when they because you're looking at numbers all the time. Yes. <laughs> it can get very discouraging, like or very scary. When I first did my podcast, uh, within the first week, I was reaching ten thousand people, and I'm like, I'm yeah, sorry, that's what? crazy. Yeah, that's that's insane. I've I don't know ten thousand people. Yeah. 
like at least by name. <laughs> <laughs> I, but to know that that's how much and like my posts were getting like two thousand inter- interactions. Yeah, and I was like, that's beyond me already. So I'm now I'm terrified of what to say or what am I doing. But it's something you just gotta not pay attention to. I haven't really paid attention to my numbers besides what other people have asked. That's good. Yeah. That's good though. Yeah. Cause it it can get overwhelming and then you get into the whole social media aspect of like, Oh, I'm not doing good. What do I have to change? Or am am I just failing? Am I, am I, cause you're going to go through, it's, it's going to be a roller coaster. Yes. Yeah. And you know, you playing the algorithm game (laughs) and do I pay for this promotion or not? Yeah. So, yeah, I know. You know, I I really do joke when like you know, every every everyone. I mean, that's not a joke. Everyone does have a podcast. I'm actually I'm surprised my mom doesn't have a podcast about <laughs> you know cross stitch or something. Probably, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure she'd find a core fan base, yeah. but of cross stitch. Uh, but everyone's interested in something. Yeah, but with the podcast, yeah, it's it's primarily just our our lives, and at this point and you know we had at one point we did have a, a guy with us kind of like helping produce stuff he kind of worked as a co-producer helped me with things but then uh he left and then we were kind of waiting for him and f- trying to figure out what was going on and it was at that time we were like you know what we kind of mer- we like this we kind of like this what we're doing let's just see what happens and so now we record uh, we record our podcast uh, uh, live. I guess you want to say live, uh, yeah. Together at HMAC every Monday night. Oh wow! Yeah, before the mic, we record it there. That's pretty cool. Is yeah. it, so it's a, it's a weekly thing. Yeah, that's cool. That actually makes a lot of sense because <laughs> you can't talk about your lives daily because then it comes like, well, what what you do today? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and especially you know because we we're, we're still working day jobs. So, I mean, if you did, what were we going to talk about? Hey, what happened at work today? Right, exactly, yeah. Yeah, I guess that, I mean, I, someone but, would listen. Yeah, but even, yeah, I was about to say, even surprisingly, I've I've listened to so many podcasts that are just, just two dudes or three dudes or whatever have you just talking about their daily life. And I'm like, yeah, I can understand the appeal that people like to hear conversations and like panel yeah. kind of stuff. Like, because funny stuff happens or interesting stuff happens most of every day. Yeah. But, um, to have something weekly like that, we're just talking about uh, for forty five minutes. And so I don't think I could talk about my day for forty five minutes. Yeah, yeah. I think that the thing that uh, you know we've been trying to work on more is, you know, when we when we talk about something, it's just kind of like really digging in and mm. really kind of like painting the picture of like what's really happening. At that moment in time, you know, uh, you know what the uh, what the people look like, or what kind and what kind of interactions are you getting? Because that's that's like the type of stuff that that I like to hear. I want to hear uh, that interaction and things, because you know, you know, oddball things happen every, to people every day, mm-hmm. and weird things might set you off and might make you angry. So. I think it's good to talk about those things. Oh yeah, it, it's you can bottle up so many things without realizing it. Yeah, yeah, and so we just kind of you know try and do it and see what happens. 
the coolest thing, one of the coolest things we've done as a podcast, though, is we did live shows. And uh, those uh, were very fun. They were very fun. What is What does that mean by live shows? So uh, we would do the podcast live, and we did a... Uh, <laughs> they kind of had themes to them. And the one we did was a, uh, it was called Slightly Roasted. (laughs) (laughs) And what it was, uh, we had roast uh, a little bit, but then we also had like a a rap battle. Okay. And we had a rap battle between two comics and uh, they were both terrible at rapping, (laughs) (laughs) which we knew. You know, that's, that's the fun in it. And, uh, we actually had Duke there. Uh, Duke so crazy. He was there. He was our he was our musical guest for the night, and he, he was kind of like a panel judge for us. Oh wow! To judge the rappers. Yeah. And uh, Duke did great because he really he roasted them pretty good because Duke's got a pretty good sense of humor on him, and uh, so it was it was just a fun night, and uh, so that was like the very first one we did. It was just. Me and Dame like doing the podcast, but we had a live audience, mm. and so we would interact with the audience, and it, it was just a wild time. Really, that's that's that. So it was basically the Tonight Show, just audio only. Yeah, kinda. sort of. Yeah, that's so interesting. Um, I'm sure that probably led you into wanting to produce more shows. Or yeah, more of a producer. You want to yeah. talk about that journey? Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a that's a long, long journey. <laughs> oh yeah, good going, Laura. <laughs> now we have to start over, all over again, all over. <laughs> Darn it, Siri. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was definitely different. Uh, show producing, I think what really kicked me in, what really got me into show producing is, I mean, the live shows definitely helped, but what really made me want to get into show producing is I had been on other shows and I hated the way they were ran. <laughs> Fair enough. Because... Uh, they were just ran terribly, uh, like either the lineups and lineups were all over the place and just not great. You'd have, you know, you'd have some really good comics with uh, comics that probably weren't ready for shows yet. And so it's just a weird mixture and just, uh, you know, sometimes, uh, and this is another reason too I started producing mics is that you'd show up for a show or a mic uh, especially mics and like oh yeah the mic is advertised to start at 8 o'clock because the sign up is like 7 o'clock or whatever and so you know you get there and you sign up and say if you're there at 7 you know you're already waiting an hour and then you know the host is like hey uh, you know we're going to start getting the list together then maybe we'll start around eight thirty or something like that. Oh no! Yeah, so now you're already 
you're already sitting for an hour and a half, then depending where you're at on the list. And so it, it's just, it's, it was things like that. It was just, it was just frustrating because, you know, the comics that are, you know, coming to these mics in this area, they all work. And most right. of us all work the next job, day. Yeah. yeah. So I, I just think it's, uh, you just got to be respectful to people's time. I mean, if they're going to come out to something that you're going to do, you know, at least have the c- courtesy to sit, start when you say you're going to start because people, you know, they do, they, they do have jobs in the morning and some people do actually, you know, do have to get home because they got to get up at five or four in the morning or something. Right. So yeah, <laughs> so I was main, one of my main drivers. So I always told myself, you know, if I'm going to run a mic or I'm going to do a show, it starts on time no matter what. And that's that's, some, that's such a, a pet peeve within, like, the entertainment industry as a whole, at least on, like, a local level, is that everyone, a lot of people come late or they start late or uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, punctuality is super important. I, I think when it, in that aspect, uh, I'm – when uh you talk about it's like old school show business you know it's kind of like rule number one like the show the show comes first yes so you need you start on time and that's you know the show is what matters yeah and i feel like that's a loss on a lot of people today yeah because it doesn't you know it doesn't matter who's yeah it's strange too because like years ago like the 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 host was like the most important thing of the show. Mm-hmm. And now you see a lot of shows where you, you don't know who the host is or, or if you do, uh, what yeah. are they doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like for some of my shows, you know, I, I'm not, uh, like my Fratelli shows. My, I just have like hosted by, by, I don't have a picture of myself on that one. Just, uh, uh, just the comics, but then my Fratelli's one, then I should have a picture of myself on there because it's like, well, I might as well at least put myself on the poster at least once mm-hmm. <laughs> for this because it is nice to have your uh, face up there. But two, I want people to know that, you know, when they come to one of my shows that I produce, uh, you know, it, it's going to be a good quality comedy show. Yeah, because <clears throat> once you start tagging your name to things, that's when stuff almost gets real. Yes. Because that's when you start building your brand, your reputation, all based off of that byline. If something goes wrong, that's on you. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen, you know, just uh, just over the years where you see, you know, people that tr- they'll put together comedy shows, but they don't really know anything about comedy <laughs> because it's like, well, this is easy to do because – it is slightly easier than music because you don't have to worry about instruments most of the time. The only thing you really need is a PA. Mm-hmm. And but it's talent at that point that you really need to pay attention to. Yeah, but then some people don't look into the talent they book. And, right. and then they charge people, you know, like a high ticket price. And I mean, like too high, you know, either like 20 plus or more. And... You're like really for that it's like okay but then you normally see you know the market does work itself out because right. those people normally stop producing shows because exactly yeah that's 
it's crazy how the market works. The market will take you out or, or lift you up, depending on yeah. how you treat it. Yeah, so I, that's one thing that I really uh, try and work hard and, uh, you know, strive for. That, you know, if you're going to come out to my show, uh, you know, whether it's uh, free or if it's something what you're paying for, you know, I, I wanted to kind of, I wanted to be at the same level, you know, each time because the show is the show. Mm-hmm. And so even if it's, even if there's like no cover charge or it's, it's free or maybe like a pass the hat. Uh, yeah, I do. I just want people to know like, Hey, we're, you know, we're going to have a good time. So this is worth it. And to me, if you're going to take people's time, it better be worth it. Yeah, you know, I don't want to like, like, well, that's an hour and a half we're never getting back. Because it it's it's those people that are the most vocal yeah. about it, too. Because if you have a good show, you know, people don't leave good reviews, typically. It's only the people that have had a bad time that leave the reviews. Yeah, yeah, so. sometimes. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, we can maybe argue that. It's like, no, there's no, But no, I think you're right about that. But yeah, I just I want people to have a good time. Like last uh last night was my uh the comedy cookout at the uh H Mac courtyard. And uh that that turned out phenomenally. It was the whole courtyard was full. Uh the back of the the area was standing room only. There were people on the porch watching and yeah, it was it was a great night. It, it was just an awesome night, and just I started that show at nine o'clock, and I think we were done by ten twenty because I wanted to run that show a little shorter. But uh, yeah, it was a great time. Nice and concise. Yeah, yeah, because is uh, I felt like you know if you go, it's you know those settings can be weird because <laughs> you know that is the the one thing uh, about doing those. Uh, courtyard shoes at HMAC. Something weird normally happens over the course of the summer. And like last night, no, we had one comic on stage. <laughs> it was Manny. And uh <laughs> uh it, you know, he was probably about five, seven minutes in <laughs> and someone turned off the power strip inside. Which oh, no. turned which turned off my PA and it turned off the spotlight. And we're like, what? Oh, what's going on? Because there's power everywhere else. So, like, I had to, I got to run in the building like a fire chief. I'm like, what's going on? What's going on? And it just turned out that's what it was. The power strip was turned off because inside earlier there was some, uh, like, uh, some musicians playing. And I guess they were done right. and they turned it off. And they're like, hey, come on. Yeah, well, sometimes that happens. There's, yeah, so I mean, yeah, that's that's an oddball case, but uh, last summer, you all right over there? No, I'm gonna just drop my just drop my water bottle. <laughs> now you probably just destroyed someone's ears. That's right. Yeah, this it's like, a oh. <laughs> so I'll put it over there. But last summer, uh, when we did shows there, uh, Mike O'Donnell, he was up on stage. And he was doing a set, and a bearing went out on an exhaust fan in the kitchen. And all you could, 
through his whole set, it was it was like this squeaking on and off. I mean, just for Mike, he powered through. It was like it was, it was just yeah, he powered through with it. And he actually, he, Mike actually made a comment. He's like, you know, I know what's gonna happen. I'm gonna finish my set as it's soon as stop. I as soon as I say I'm done. It, it's gonna it's gonna shut off. And he was right. He said he did his last joke. He said, you know, it's like I'm out. It immediately stopped. Completely done. He completely caught it. There's, it's always weird how annoying stuff will stop as soon as you don't want it to stop. Yeah. I've I've been having this problem in my apartment for a very long time where something will 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 chirp. Will say, "Technology technology hates me." That's something I've learned over the past few weeks. Um, so my uh, we have a lot of Apple products in our apartment because my friend he's a Apple support guy, so he's all Apple, all everything, and um, so everything Apple connects to each other. Okay, <laughs> whether you like it or not, and um, so oftentimes we'll we'll like go to bed and nothing has happened the entire day, but for whatever reason, the my Mac connects to the TV and starts playing Apple music. And and we're like, what's going on? But as soon as we get up to check out where it's coming from, it just stops. And so we play this cat and mouse game. Every time I go to my room, it starts again. And then I'm like, and I'm trying to be as lightning fast as I can to get out there, but it always stops before we get out there. So it's just a cat and mouse game of, all right, how long are we going to wait here until we give up again? And then as soon as we give up, <clears throat> like clockwork, it starts again. And it's this is this has been an ongoing issue for us. This has happened with fire alarms. This has happened with uh just speakers being uh whacked out. This has happened with uh low battery. Apparently they like to tell you when they're l- low on battery, but they'll only tell you when you're like five miles away, yep. not when you're right in the room with you. Yep. One of the most annoying things. Does your Apple friend always try and sell you Apple products? No, no, and and that's well. He granted when my when my uh, other phone did break, he, he graciously gave me one of his iPhone twelves. Um, so that was awesome. But um, but no, he. But whenever my my Mac stuff or anything breaks, I'm like, Hunter, <laughs> come fix it. That that's nice to have that at your disposal. You know. Oh, fix it. <laughs> it's, it's very nice. Or he knows somebody who can fix it. Or, yeah. So it's it's very nice. But the 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 connecting our lights also because he you can buy light bulbs. They're like, hey Siri, turn on the light. Yeah, over. yeah. We have theirs at home. They are they mess up all the time. So one for another problem of mine is that I find that things like to explode in my apartment all the time. Whether it be hand sanitizer, shaving cream, fire extinguishers, uh, even my deodorant. Uh, which is just a regular bar of like Old Spice, whatever. Uh, this things just like to explode. I don't know why. I, don't, I, don't I think it's the humidity, maybe. That's that's kind of what we narrowed it down to. But um, so fire extinguisher explodes. All the mattress is wet, so I can't sleep on my mattress anymore because you know it's wet and you don't like sleeping on wet mattress. It's not it's not fun. Um, so I'm sleeping out in the in the uh, in the on the couch and. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, the the light just goes strobe, and I'm like, 
like being attacked by I'm thinking like an angel's come to me. I'm like, here I am, Lord, stop. <laughs> and um it's <laughs> technology just hates me. I don't know what's happening. It'll start start blowing up during the night or glowing up during last night was hilarious because it, it just started just flickering on and off. And I'm like, I can see it from my dorm like I think it's a conspiracy theory. I think they're trying to take out epileptics. <laughs> because there's like just like <laughs> because it's out of nowhere. You're right. It yeah. happens. And it's <laughs> that's, that's but uh, it was it was it was flickering last night. It, it was just pulsing at that point. Um, and I I call Hunter because we're like spooked at this point because uh, stuff has also gone flying in the room. Like I'm thinking okay. it's kind of paranormal <laughs> stuff at this point. Um, but we we're like, we're like joking over the phone, and he's like, "Please God, stop the light and let us go to bed," and it just stops. <laughs> and we're like, oh, "Wait a minute, <laughs> hold on a second. And um, and then it, we, you know, just as a joke, like, "Okay, God, start it up again," and then it starts, and we're like, "Okay, hold on." <laughs> we're both Christians, so this is this wasn't out of our uh realm, but it was just really funny that it it was on random. But it was it was so funny how it was you know randomly decided to do it at that point, um. But oh my gosh, I hate technology, and I'm I'm not. When I move to my own apartment, it's <laughs> no connecting light bulbs for me. Just get the old the old switch. Yeah, it, it's amazing what we'll put up with just so we can say you know it's, it's so convenient. Yeah, that turn off the light for so when I just hit it with my finger. Right, exactly. It's. But instead, we put up with you know uh, epileptic attacks and <laughs> right. stuff like that, or or you, when you say, "Hey, you know, turn off the light or turn it on," it's uh, I'm sorry, I can't find the network. Oh my gosh, I've been gaslit by Siri so many times. Where, where something's obviously playing through the TV or whatever, I'll tell, "Hey Siri, turn it off," and and it's like, "I'm sorry, there's nothing playing," and I'm like, "Oh, and I can hear it with my ears, Siri." <sighs> I just get so mad because it, it's gotten to the point where we have so many products. Like I have, we're both musicians. So I have my setup. He has his setup. And then we have the Siri and then we have the Apple TV and then we have everything else. And, and like our iPhones. And then he has his Bluetooth speaker and everything. And like we have amps everywhere. Yeah. So whenever something goes wrong, it's like, it's, it's like, okay, we have to unplug absolutely everything because we can't isolate this. <laughs> 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 one time we got so bad there was a uh there was a for whatever reason there was a bluetooth behind the curtain and you know guys don't don't care to check anywhere so we just unplug everything and it's still happening and we're like Why? yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's yeah i don't even know what we were talking about now. <laughs> i don't know but hey we're kind of running out our time on the radio so where where can they find you in uh upcoming projects for you uh let's see uh of course you can find me on uh all the socials uh ron kane comedy uh just look that up uh c-a-i-n-e um let's see yeah next week uh next friday is the uh fratelli's monthly show friday night stand-up that happens at eight o'clock in new cumberland uh that is a great show there's no cover uh that place is uh normally packed out for it uh, got four comics coming up from Baltimore. Uh, the guy closing it out, Kyrie Creek, he's a very funny gentleman. So uh, check that out. And then Saturday, uh, June 25th, is Snits and Giggles. 
<laughs> yes. That's a good one. Yeah, that's uh, the Snits and Giggles. It happens at Snits Creek Brewery in Anvil, Pennsylvania. That show starts at 8 o'clock. There is no cover and no reservations for that one Dang. as well. I'll be in Pittsburgh for that one. Yeah. That is that show happens by uh by monthly. By monthly. By okay. monthly, yeah. Uh and then you can find him at his regular open mics at Harrisburg yep. HMAC. And- yep, Monday nights, uh the Mr. Tongue open mic uh at HMAC in Harrisburg. That's uh sign ups seven thirty. But if you don't want to do that, just come out to the show. Come out and watch, have some fun, laugh. Yeah, that's happens or at cringe. eight o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> <Or> cringe. <laughs> then Tuesday nights, uh there's not a lot going on in York, so come out. Eight o'clock show is the uh, kennel mic, so come out at the West York Inn. And well, with all that said, this has been Corey Rosen on the Story Podcast. You, we're going to continue uh, live on Facebook Live after this quick song. If you want to follow us, be sure to uh, follow us on Facebook.com forward slash the Story Corey Rosen. That's C O R Y R O S E N. You can also search the Story Corey Rosen on all streaming platforms and find us there. With that said, I'm going to play one of my original songs. Uh, This is called You Remain. I wrote it two years ago when everything happened. And this is about God being the one thing that remains constant in in my life, at least. When everything else falls away, when governments fail, when, when, uh, for any reason, for when anything fails, when pandemics hit, when all sorts of stuff happens, one thing I can always count on is God, and he remains. speak you are there right beside me when all hope is lost and i can't bear the cost you are there paying it for me and when things turn to dust and there's nothing to trust you are there honest to me Oh, it's clear who you're meant to be You are my strength You are my faith When all things fade Yeah, you. Yeah.